God, yeah. Dude, I was selling shit on Facebook Marketplace and this fool asked me out. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another solo episode of Throwing Tantrums. Today we got Amanda Carmassi. Am I saying that right? Carmassi. Carmassi. So, oh, Italian. So, yeah. What do you call it? Today we're going to be prying, asking questions, personal questions to that trigger her. I'm just kidding. We're going to get to know her a little bit today. That's the purpose of these solo episodes, to get to know the dancers beyond the dance, beyond the reaction videos, beyond the group podcasts, because, you know, these people have depth, you know, they're not just movers. They just don't do moves. So, <laughs> so yeah, we're going to get a little bit of the origin story and like a little bit about her. And hopefully throughout this podcast, you get, you can see like, you know, from a lot of these, I'm actually learning the different backgrounds and what how people get there and hopefully inspires you to get started in your own, whether it's dance or passion. So that's really the intent. Okay, so I'm going to let Amanda introduce yourself real quick, a little bit of what you've done, and then we'll go into the origin story. Yeah. Hi, I'm Amanda Carmasi. Carmasi. <laughs> <laughs> and I have been dancing since I was two years old. When I danced with my teddy bear, from there, I started taking classes in Mill Valley. That's in the Bay Area. And then I went to college and was on my college dance team. Which college? Um, A college that you've never heard of before. (laughs) Called Azusa Pacific University. I know. (laughs) It's what it's... Yeah, I like to just, sometimes I tell people I went to Citrus because I think the people there were hotter and also cooler. <laughs> okay. Um, I went to Citrus. I graduated from Citrus College in Azusa. And then I joined some dance teams and then I was in like some low budget, but very awesome music videos. And then now here I am running nice. my own little dance team. Nice. Yeah, we're going to go and talk about her dance team. And because with kids, which I think is super freaking awesome. So props to you. Like, you know what I'm excited for you to experience? I don't know if you have already is when the kids come back to you later on in life when they're teenagers or adults and they tell you how much you've impacted them. Like, I only had one of those and it was like life changing. It's crazy, right? It's almost like it's one of those rewards you don't get to experience until later. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah like Long game. Um, so yeah go, going into origin story i know you gave like a brief ten thousand foot view about it so like when did you actually start going into i guess actual classes or when did you start actually trying to pursue it yeah so i was on my college dance team which was like a ministry team so we weren't but we had a lot of soul and we had a lot of purpose and so from there we kind of like rebranded we went from rehearsing like once a week to multiple times a week oh wow there was also like some racist bullshit happening on the campus so when I would yeah I got called into the office a lot my first year as like the the director or the the head of the team just because like people like white people would walk by the group and I guess assume we shouldn't be there whoa hip-hop and see people of color and be offended so I was called in like many times that I didn't even tell the team about (laughs) you know to report us and then I had to bring in the lyrics to all of our music and prove that it was clean lyrics and wow that we were allowed to be there we had been there for like eight to eleven years at that point 
the team had existed. So Jesus Christ, man. Yeah. So it was a lot of that. But as the team started growing and we started rehearsing more and then like really, really good, like committed people with a lot more training and experience than I had, like came on board, then we all like got hella good. Uh, (laughs) So was it just you running the team early on? Um, Yeah, it was like, I kind of like joined and then they had me choreograph my sophomore year. Yeah. I put on an event called Hip Hop for Freedom, which they still do. It's an annual event to raise awareness about human trafficking. Mm, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a cool event. Like we invite like nonprofits and stuff to come in and people can get to know more about the nonprofits who work with these populations and how to help. Yeah. But yeah, so they had me choreograph my sophomore year and that was really nice. I'm pretty sure that's the first time the team had ever done dynamics before (laughs) what do you mean dynamics like i'm pretty sure they all had just all moved at the same time like ripples or different angles yeah yeah. we did like a ripple and everyone was like wow (laughs) (laughs) so that's where we were and then you know and then more people like you know with more experience kind of joined in and they were like hella dope and like choreographed like super cool shit and like I was helping too and I was kind of leading and then they were doing all the the backbreaking choreography labor I choreographed a little bit as well and I kind of coordinated all our performances and our first shows were like <laughs> I used to get like invited like they people would hit me up because I'm the leader yeah and they would be like hey I'm not faking this they'd be like hey do you want to perform like on the mud football field after the mud football game. What? How do you... like, no. <laughs> like, we're not going to break our ankles to dance for you. I clarified multiple times. It was one of the longest email chains I had ever had with regards to a performance because I kept clarifying. I kept being like, waiting for them to be like, oh, you're right. This doesn't make sense. So like, it was a very long sequence of emails where I was like, so you want us to pr- perform on slippery mud. Thank you, Amanda. We <laughs> were like, yes, just right in the middle of the muddy football field. And I said, I don't <laughs> so just to clarify, you want us to perform on slippery mud rather than on concrete, which would be safer. And then they were like, yeah, we think it would be cool if you guys were right in the center of the field. So I said, they're not getting the danger. <laughs> they don't get it. So I said, okay, wouldn't it make more sense to perform on concrete? That way we wouldn't break our ankles or dirty up our costumes. And the person was like, yeah, we'd really love for you to perform on the mud football field. Oh my gosh. It's like you, you're dropping hands. Oh, they didn't get, they didn't like yeah. <laughs> over the head. No. <laughs> yep. And then the team started getting really like more popular. Mm-hmm. And then we started getting like much more reasonable opportunities and like creating our own opportunities, our own shows and all this kind of cool stuff. Nice. Yeah. yeah. yeah Cause the whole mud football thing, you just reminded me of like this one time Fambiz was invited. This was a long time ago. I'd say like 2000. Fambiz. Excuse me. Oh. Around 2007. Uh, we were invited to do a porn to the okay. looking. They were looking for, it was a very shy guy that called me, like we were at a, a bar and uh, we were all, and then I get a call from this random number and I just, for some reason it's an answer, even though I didn't know, I picked it up. It was a very shy guy, very soft spoken. I was like, hi, can I, can I speak to the, the director of, 
you know, we were called ESUI back then, but Nick, I'm just going to say Fanbase just to keep it easy. Like, can I speak to the director of, of Fanbase? And I was like, who the fuck is calling me around? It sounds creepy. And like, you know, why am I talking to this person? But then he said like, well, yeah, we're looking for you guys because we want you to perform, perform because we're looking for strong guys for our, for our, our cheerleading shoot. So, <laughs> yeah. so I was like, yeah, we, we, we need to, we're going to need them to learn like some cheering. Are they, are they comfortable wearing cheerleading outfits? Like the male cheerleader stuff. And then, and then I was like, yeah, that should be fine. We, I got, and like, I, in my, off the top of my head, cause I, cause like, I don't, I didn't think, I don't think I'm as strong as some of the other dudes. So I was like, yeah, I got a couple guys in my head. And then he's like, okay. And then he goes to this part. He's like, okay, how, how comfortable would they be, you know, you know, with the sex acts? Uh, I'm like, what? <laughs> wow. He didn't what? He snuck it in. Yeah. And he was already wearing conversation. Yeah. They, and he, the thing is like, they, they were looking specifically looking for dudes. So like, and the, the pay was ridiculous though. Like $3,000 per shoot. Did you do it? No. Where do I watch it? It is not, none of us ever. <laughs> like in, in my head, I was like, this sounds really good financially, but I think in my head, I'm just thinking about branding. I don't want to be the team that did the porn. <laughs> yeah, you do enough of them, you got enough money to rebrand however you want. That's, yeah, I didn't <laughs> look like looking back at it, I think it would have been an interesting opportunity. <laughs> oh my gosh you could have shown it to your kids someday yeah oh, shut up. this is what daddy used to do yeah there's a lot of money but yeah it was like i realized like a few it wasn't until like a few days later i realized oh i could have just sent the guys out to do the on on their own and without other than it being the late the company yeah so i'm like oh well lost it but yeah because the guy was like it's an old a porn company i don't know if they still exist but they called vivid entertainment so any any of you guys who used to watch porn in the two thousands, <laughs> you guys would know. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's probably one of the weirdest ones. But so it's way worse. <laughs> yeah. Way worse. So when you joined the team, it came from like small, and then you took over. Like you just were you just thrust into the leadership, or you wanted the leadership? Yeah, I did want it, but then I couldn't do anything on my own. I had to learn a lot about leadership. You know what I mean? Because it's like all my ideas are great, but it takes so many people to create something beautiful. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, I can have all the ideas. Okay, we're going to do this. And okay, we're going to do that. And okay, we're going to do this. Right? Because I know what's going on behind the scenes. I know what we look like to the administration. I know that they're this close to taking away our privileges. Oh. So it's like I have that going on in the background, but it's like you have to let people create. You know what I mean? So yeah. I was like, okay, all right, let's, okay, you're going to do this. And then people stepped up. The people just sort of, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like as soon, like the team started getting like pretty good. We were practicing more. So obviously we got better. Yeah. That, that, that's cool. <laughs> and yeah. And then so many talented people just kind of like came in and like made, like we started making concept videos. So we would have like, it's, it was so sweet. Like we would have a, like for, for hip hop for freedom, for example, we had like these videos playing, like we made concept videos Yeah. and then the video would end and we'd come on stage and we'd dance like, you know Oh, what I mean? just like to continue the story in a sense. Yeah. And then, and then we would leave 
and then something else would come up and and it would be like everything would make sense it was like a whole story that's tight yeah it was really beautiful so just a lot of cool people just sort of like came in what aspect of leadership do you think like you felt like you had to learn the hard way how to say no to people oh that's an important one yeah yeah we had some <laughs> we had some stuff going on like we had people i gave too a little too much freedom <laughs> to certain choreographers yeah so i had to kind of rein that in a little bit and then i feel like i allowed for a time you know certain certain individuals one in particular who was incredibly toxic oh I can relate to that, yeah. yeah. And I had I had multiple people coming up to me like, hey, I hate to do this. Like, I love dancing so much, but I, I have to quit the team. Like, so many people came up to me like that. And I'd be like, why? And they'd be like, well, this person, I'll call them, I'll call them Karen. <laughs> <laughs> Appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> For these times. They'd be like, well, Karen told me that like, like basically like, everyone was talking about me and like said I wasn't good enough to be here. And like, Karen's the only one who believes in me. And like, it just sucks. Like, I just, I hate like that. No one, like no one wants me here. And I just feel like I got to leave. And you know, it's okay though. It's okay. Like I'm okay. And I was like, that's not okay. That's not okay. No one was saying anything. It was was totally fabricated. Manipulating them into thinking, wow. Which is what, yeah, which is what it makes you do. They make you feel they make you feel like I'm the only one who values yeah. it was that it was that thing. And I was just like, You are amazing. Here's all the things I've heard people say about you when you're not around. And I would just list all the very true things that, you know, are lovely compliments that people would say <laughs> about these people to get them back dancing with them. How, how did you handle that the toxic person did you like sit them down just like not take them in for the next audition <laughs> i feel like that would be the best passive aggressive way to go about it i know thankfully it, it kind of worked out because they had wrote on their like their next audition they had wrote like oh like might be pretty busy with my major and da, da, da. and so then i was like you know what i you know you guys she's our friend we have to respect her we really want her to do well in school I, I think we have to make this hard call. Like, I don't think she can get more. And everyone was like, yeah. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so, thank God she had wrote that shit down on her paper. Woo. Who knows where we would be. But yeah, I had to learn, like, you know, like, building a team is, like, so, it's so different than just... Being a dancer? Like, yeah, like, just being a dancer or just going to gigs as an individual it's like a team is a whole different concept. Like you, you have to all understand why you're there, especially cause like you're not getting paid mm-hmm. like on a school dance team. Like typically you're not making money on that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you have to all understand like what you love about dance and why you're there and what your purpose is. And you have to like establish what's okay and not okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I love hearing other leaders talk about their experiences as a director because it's like it really is different because the way i the way i can to it uh, me being a parent is like you're going from the child to the older older sibling to the parent so the amount of responsibility and then the egos you have to keep in check you have to keep everyone motivated to be part of the vision 
So yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And then just like in terms of picking, like for you, it's probably different because your company is your company, but like, or maybe you've experienced it on other teams. Like when you have to kind of pick your, your leaders who are to follow. Oh, like to, like to pass on the leadership role. So to yeah, speak. to pass on. I, well, when I was leading FanBiz, like the, I ha- I was forced in a sense, not forced, but I had to leave. So, and I had to give it to, I don't know if you met Mark, but it, I, my friend Mark to take on the, the role. I, most of the time I never left because I had a huge fear of me. If I left, would it fall apart? And then it, when Jordan came into the picture, obviously I couldn't do late night rehearsals anymore because I had to focus on being a dad. So, so once I left, I I I was I needed to pass it out, down so I could be the dad I wanted to be. So it, it was scary for me because like for me it's a huge control thing. Like I like having the final say. Totally. Uh, so, but yeah, it, it it honestly was relieving to know that. I didn't have to do everything and it was doing well on its own. The part I didn't like or don't like is that it, the, it, the, as the leader changes, the vision changes. So the, the, the team that I left with is not no longer the team that is what it is today. Yeah. So that's part of, that's something I, I needed to be okay with, which is, yeah, like it sucks, but I'm glad it's still there. It captures, it still captures the same values that I, that I wanted it to have for me again, being a control freak, it was just not the way I wanted it because I'm a fucking control freak. So, but yeah. 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 And it was just relating to you and how about building a team. I was honestly hesitant in building temper tantrum or starting it to begin with. Cause you know, you know how hard it is to go from the ground up. So it's like, for me, it's like, do I want to do it again? But then like everyone like like who who had done the city walk performances, they said like they wanted to make it a company. And like for me, I'm like, you could be down, but you could be one of those people that are just talking and then then you bounce. So it makes so much sense though. Cause I remember like I hadn't messaged you in forever. And then I saw like one of your guys' like city walk things. Uh-huh. And I like felt like an energy, you know what I mean? Like this like good positive energy mm-hmm. from the piece. And I was like, the fuck is this? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, me. Me. <laughs> and you were like, yeah, okay, whatever, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that may, it makes sense. Because it's like when something clicks and when you have the experience that you have and you have the failings that you have and you have like, you know, more refined purpose, I feel like the right people just sort of like... Phew. Yeah, and I'm, I'm grateful for that. And like, I honestly was surprised that you messaged me because up until that point, and like I've, I've shared this story many times, like on different podcasts and like <laughs> off IRL meetings, I was surprised that Amanda messaged me because the, our first gig together, <laughs> I burped into her mouth. <laughs> like literally. <laughs> like we were like. Into doing... all of these orifices. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Yeah, we were like we were zombies, so and it was for like an event like El Valorio or something like that. And then we we're like, ah, like posing as zombies. I considered hitting him in the face. I considered it. I could have like in my in my memory, I think you did. <laughs> was like, what? did she hit me? <laughs> like, yeah, oh, no, it was all of our. It was all of our. Because <laughs> I just remember feeling so like, like not triggered in a sense of like, oh shit, I hurt. <laughs> I like, I. 
quote unquote hurt someone or insulted you by by my by, you know by my by my burp and I like I don't like hurting people so I was like damn it do like, I apologize do I kill him <laughs> like, do I just kill him yeah like I honestly didn't think you would ever want to see me again after that let it so <laughs> I'm like grateful like because oh. I'm honestly like what, then you invited me to do your Harry Potter thing yeah so that's why I was like oh she doesn't hate me. <laughs> take me through your creative process because i i loved that pro- like your idea of the of oh, yeah. of the harry potter thing like so word hard. like how does it <laughs> it was cool i'm like i'm not i'm not excuse me much of a potter fan or my girlfriend's gonna kill me but but yeah like you apparently put me in the house which i would i took a quiz for it was i think hufflepuff which were those all the lockers so but yeah like uh, we're how do you start even then okay. or now? How do you plan your whole creative this thing? All happened. And I'm actually very proud of it, except for all the parts that are super awkward, aka <laughs> the parts with me in them. But what I loved about that is I got to like sort of experience on my own what it was to like like think of of dance styles as a character. Cause I had mm. been kind of experiencing that a little bit on like at the time like with the four dance crew oh yeah was dancing like as a character so it's never just choreography there's always a story component oh. and that was kind of like my little foray into like figuring out what that means like how to dance and embody a character so huh. like a gryffindor, gryffindor <laughs> is like leo energy swaggy like kind of like if i was in gryffindor like i would be doing like this a lot like, you can't see, but my butt's moving. <laughs> like, yeah, boom. Like, a little powerful, right? Yeah, yeah. That's kind of like the energy, like, sassy, powerful. I can see that. Powerful. Yeah, you definitely embody that. And it was so weird, because I was, like, so camera shy. And I had never organized anything like that before. Oh, really? Yeah, and then I had just, like, a thousand people in my house, all expecting things to go well. And I was like, oh, shit! <laughs> yeah. it's like that's very like typical of me and chanel who like me and chanel she's my friend she like directed it's very typical of us to go like way too hard <laughs> Dude, I, if, if that was your first time that i didn't i didn't you know i just thought you know because it was right going late i was like ah oh, typical production shoot you know running late whatever yeah. And dance stuff is so different than film stuff. That's what I learned too. Like the expectations of dancers, especially dancers who are not industry dancers, is very different than mm. like actors. Like yeah. actors assume like, okay, what, what kind of day is it? Eight hour day, 10 hour day, 12 hour day. They like understand that you need to get shots from like 25,000 angles. Yeah. They understand that, okay, we're going to adjust the lighting here. Okay, we're going to modify that. Like they understand that. Angel lens, yeah. But dancers like, I feel like the the expectation and my lack of experience was like not helpful because I should have been like it's gonna be twenty four hours. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, because I, when I left, you guys were still shooting. I think right. Yeah, we shot until so late, but it was it was okay because there weren't that many of us at the end. There was only like two people left at the end. But yeah, so Gryffindor, I was like, and then Ravenclaw. I don't know why, but I just felt like like I had just been learning whacking, and it felt like very like. Like precise yeah. and very clever to me. Like whacking, like just feels like yeah, it's that energy, but it also feels so sharp. Yeah. So it felt like okay, like that's Ravenclaw. 
through Ravenclaw's The Smarty Smarts. <laughs> and, um, um, okay. and then Slytherin, we did like like ISOs and like waving and like uh-huh. and stuff because it just like made sense to me because they're very calculated. Oh. Slytherins, they're very ambitious and they'll like make sure that some shit is going to benefit them before they fucking do that shit. So they're huh. not like out here doing the most. They're like doing the least to get the most. Oh, so like ISOs, ISOs popping, little waves. And then, yeah, and then, and then you. The puffs. <laughs> the puffs. Yeah, the puffs was like locking because like fucking because locking. It's like, it's like fun. Yeah. It's happy. Yeah. That was a good experience. Like, I felt like I learned a lot as a choreographer. And a lot as a producer about, I don't do that shit no more. I only, (laughs) if we're going to have that many lighting changes, we are going to have at least two other people working those lights. Because those lights were hot. Chanel was, she had those fucking gloves on. She was like lifting heavy shit, like all these sandbags. Yeah, dude. And then she'd have to look at the, she'd have to run back, look at the Was it just her? Yeah, have like an 80 oh wow i didn't know how to do any lighting shit whatsoever dang respect all, yeah she would she had like seven hats on so then she'd run and she'd look at the camera and be like oh and then run back in and then adjust the lighting she, and then run back and then look and camera then, operator director uh, dp <laughs> like the gaffer the gaffer oh everything my god all the things respect so, you too man yeah she killed that shit yeah. So that was a lot for me because I'm like, I she should not ever have to do that. We're not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> We're not doing that again. But I feel like the end product, like it looked, it visually looked really cool. Yeah, I loved it. Like in terms of lighting, like even though, you know, it's not as strong as some of the lighting stuff we've done since then, I feel like it's still, you know, it still makes sense. It still holds up a little bit. Yeah. I mean, oh, and I- then we do like a Voldemort oh yeah that's that i left right when you guys were starting to film that yeah that's yeah. good <laughs> that was so okay you don't you don't do like the crazy production stuff anymore but what 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 kind of stuff do you like producing now okay i like doing shit that's like just me and chanel because it seems like if i'm gonna add other people in i need to like know that they are getting value out of it and that mm. I'm getting value out of it. You know what I mean? And yeah. I just feel like it's fair. Like, I personally don't like it when people ask me to do shit for them constantly for free. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And especially yeah. if it's not that close, it feels like... Like you're just so, you know? some rando asking? Yeah, it just feels like... I, I, just, I just prefer... I feel like what I learned from that, too, like, even though, like, the video looked good and it was nice and, you know, we got it done... And those people are like homies for life because they like came through and did that. <laughs> I, feel like, um, I feel like that was more, it was, it was like me learning how to dance as a character, me learning how to choreograph, me learning how like production works, like what is production even? Mm-hmm. And it was sort of this like, like uh-huh. dive into learning production. And then as we've scaled it back, I'm like, okay, here's like the ideal scenario. Mm-hmm. Like everyone on set feels either is getting like paid enough to feel respected or is there because they're also a collaborative partner or, you know what I mean? Like I want every person there to be, to feel respected and valued. Mm-hmm. You know, not that people didn't cause they, they were all friends and they had fun. No, <laughs> it was were, fun hanging out. Like I got to hang out with Eddie and NJ. That's like my mentality is like, 
I want it to be, I just want it to be like better and better yeah. every time. So when it's like me and Chanel, we can do like shit that takes forever because <laughs> we understand like mm. shit takes a long time. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then we're, we're getting like so much stronger too. Like I feel like I have such a different perception now of production and how to like do dance and production together mm-hmm. than I did then. Yeah. I'm a whole different person <laughs> in terms of how I plan everything. So yeah, I have like so many thoughts about that, but yeah, I would say like my creative process was like hardly like the dancing part of it like was cool but I feel like the lasting effects were like so much more about like relationships and collaboration and production and like what I, like what kind of things I want to create and why. Yeah. You know? So it was definitely more like kind of like a ready fire aim kind of thing. We dove all the way the fucking <laughs> respect. Let's have 25 people in the house. <laughs> you know, I'm surprised that your neighbors weren't mad or anything. Fine. Yeah, so well, if your area is kind of chill. Especially at that time, the neighbor had sex so loud every night. Oh. You can't complain at all. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Respect. It's tied down, but it's like they can't say nothing. <laughs> if if you weren't dancing, what do you think you'd be doing instead? Eating. <laughs> Did you start a mukbang channel? Yeah. I was gonna be a I was gonna be a teacher, because mm-hmm. that felt like a safe a safe bet. And then I just veered completely off track and decided to commit all of my life energy to my school dance team. And then I was like, I like this better. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, I didn't become a teacher, and I majored in sociology instead. So I'm a, I'm a feminazi. Feminazi series would uh, would call me feminazi and proud. Yeah, so studying sociology, I feel like it makes sense when you're when you're dancing because you can kind of adapt a little bit mm-hmm. to different situations. Oh, yeah. okay. That's or I just say that to justify the fact that I have a degree that is completely useless. <laughs> Were your parents like supportive of you just focusing all your time in dance? No. Okay. <laughs> oh, you're right. No, not at all. Not even a little bit. No, my it makes no sense. Like, my sociology professors were, like, very interested in my family, mm-hmm. especially in terms of, like, their view of of me as a dancer and artistry in general. Mm-hmm. Money, because my family, like, makes no sense in terms of, like, their money trajectory makes mm-hmm. no sense. Uh-huh. You're, you're, like, where you are socioeconomically kind of determines how you feel about schooling and careers, mm-hmm. right? So, like... My parents grew up like very, very poor, right? So like my dad was the son of a grocery manager. And then my mom like grew up on a farm with 19 children. Mm-hmm. And I'm adopted. So I'm like barely, I'm like just all of a sudden there one day. At the <laughs> Show up in front of the door. Like, yeah, oh. <laughs> showed up they were like, I guess fine, come in. So, <laughs> so it's like then... My dad became like this famous rock star. He's a drummer. Oh, wow. So then he makes all this money, whatever, travels all over the world, right? And like that money was made through art. Yeah. Right? Music. That's how they survived, right? That's how they paid bills. Yeah. They like don't perceive dance as a way of making money or paying bills. Huh. 
but... it was just con- it's just like confusing talking to them like to this day they're like get a new job <laughs> wow and, and then... i'm like ah. <laughs> <laughs> like even though they, uh, that's weird interesting because they made money off the arts but they're telling you to stay away from it they like don't they don't think it's real or something it's very strange (laughs) they want me me to like have a career or a profession that looks like a nine to five yeah i'm like who even has a nine to five anymore (laughs) so i dance anyway yeah you know yeah yeah it's growing up i i hear a lot of my friend's parents just discouraging the whole thing is like you're not going to make anything after that anyways stop spending so much time on your hobby and focus right. on your job like you know especially like like asian parents in general or, or pa- parents who have a very i guess quote-unquote traditional view of the world or even uh, maybe old school because you know yeah. or like yeah. tradesmen is maybe another way of saying it yeah i mean yeah, yeah and it's all it sucks because it's like you see this thing that brings a person so much light and so much life in them. And then you see someone they love tearing it down, saying it's not worth anything. It's all, it's like, you're literally watching someone like someone's life be drained away and they can't because it's either it's an authority figure, it's their parent it's someone they love. So, and did you feel like you were supported as a dancer? Uh, yeah, I feel like I was supported for the most part. Like my, as an artist, like my, I felt like I was supported, like, starting maybe fifth grade fourth grade like my because I, I used to say i wanted to be a doctor but then i discovered drawing comic books oh and i was drawing sonic the hedgehog comic books and and i remember just getting into an argument with my mom about who what i wanted to become and and she's and i, I somehow it's like it's my life i get fourth to be what grade. i want i was i was young a yeah. self-aware ass fourth grade <laughs> <laughs> well I, I mean maybe middle school i i, I just know i was young because you know timelines getting super like mixed at this point but i do remember having a, an argument with my mom saying that i wanted to have to wanted to focus on being an artist and then you know because fifth grade my comic books were featured at the school library so i was like cool i'm gonna pursue art and then since then my mom has always been supportive in me pursuing art or anything like that she was like you can be whatever you want to be as long as you get some sort of degree because <laughs> she was it's like that i guess for her she she's an immigrant coming here the whole point was to give us a better chance and i guess like the, the degree would be some sort of proof of concept like see like my kids made it in a sense so i mean once my once i got that degree she was like do whatever the fuck you want <laughs> it's your life now <laughs> so yeah it's to get a college degree oh really yeah that's like and, and i'm pretty sure that they felt like like proud of you for that right then kind of or i don't know i feel like i care my parents, i'm adopted oh <laughs> uh, I mean, I it makes sense like, uh, so it means less you're adopted <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's less. <laughs> she's not blood yeah they can't take as much credit for it so like, <laughs> good job i guess we didn't make it but you know she saw she showed up and you know <laughs> put on the jersey yes <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is cool yeah yeah um how old were you when, like, if you don't mind talking about the whole adoption thing, like, uh, how old were you when you... Oh, mine was easy breezy. I was, I was, uh, I was born. Oh, okay. So, like, right... Like a pop out, and then... And then they, then they just caught you, and they, like, threw you yeah. down, touched down, like, we, we got another one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're like, 
So uh, uh, tell me a, about, a little bit about your current company or your, your the working with the kids. So, cause that's one of the things that I admired because you were able to do attend any of my rehearsals because you were busy being a role model and impacting the future. So, uh, <laughs> so like, tell me about, did you, I'm guessing to start off, did you start that? Yeah. So I've been teaching kids for like 10 years in LA and then I was like, okay, before I turn 30, I have to own something. Like I have to be running something of my own. Mm-hmm. Cause working for my boss has been amazing. Like I have the best boss ever. She's a dancer as well. She hires me to teach kids, but there's like certain like artistic things that I think are, are valuable and important based on my experience that I want to share <laughs> with, with the next generation that don't quite fit with sort of any existing program. Huh. So I made my, I was like, yeah. So it's basically like, like hip hop is the, is the foundation, right? Like choreography and freestyle in popping, locking, break dancing, and then like community choreography. That's kind of like our foundation. And then slowly I'm adding in other elements that I feel are what I wish someone had taught me, huh. whether it be something I wish my parents had taught me or, or things that I wish I had known before moving out to LA and being like, I'm a dancer, I'm in LA. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I have like a couple of, a couple of things that we've already been doing. So basically my students, we do concept videos. So I help them, <laughs> which if you've ever shot anything ever with children, <laughs> can imagine. <laughs> it's hard but basically I'm teaching them you know kind of like the fundamentals like the basics because yeah. I've noticed that you know I've had a few experiences where I've been on a, a little bit more of a professional set and there's a really talented dancer there with me but that dancer doesn't know how to conduct themselves because they don't understand how mm. filmmaking works and how music videos work or how a professional set should go yeah there's a little because they don't understand the hierarchy they kind of do these like social faux pas that are like, Ooh, yeah, place, <laughs> you know? So I kind of want to just make sure that I'm presenting my kids with like the fullness of like, Hey, this is how, this is how things work. This is how a professional set works. Like this is what a director is. This is what a DP is. Here's different types of shots. Yeah. And then I have them do it. Like, yeah. so we, we do it with them. And then right now, because they're at home, they're doing it themselves. And yeah. Okay. So this is a close up. This is a wide shot. This is a medium shot. Why do we use a close-up here? Why would we use a wide shot here? Yeah. So just kind of. So it's like you're, you're teaching a basic film as yeah. well. That is essential, especially yeah. now. I know. And you would know. because Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I watch some dance videos and they're shit. <laughs> and I hate it. <laughs> I know. I know. And here's what, here's a really, I mean, there's a couple things that really have got me. So there's like the creative side, like you just mentioned, where it's like, you see this dancer that's so good and they're so talented and their costume is fire. And then it's shot like rainy as fuck. Mm. And you like can barely fucking tell what's happening. Mm -hmm. And you're like, that sucks. I was rooting for you. <laughs> like full Tyra. And then it's just like, that sucks, bro. Cause like, I wish someone had just taught you or that you had, you know, had people around you who could help you out with this stuff. And I've had the benefit of my friend Chanel who's over 
that's where I'm gesturing. She's over there right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I live with a director, a graduate of NYU. Mm, nice. <laughs> so I yeah. have her experience, like speaking into my life. Yeah. In terms of how things are done, how things are shot, how you should set up your shot list and all of these things. So I hired her to teach my kids. And so she brings like her expertise to them. So it's not just me, but like yeah. she comes in and does her thing. So she's been doing, she's been coming to our shows for a couple of years and shooting the kids and making videos for them. So yeah, it's like, a, it's kind of, there's that aspect, right? There's like the, the creative aspect. Like, I don't want you guys to make things that are ugly. Yeah, I want them to kind of like know how to do things, right? Yeah. How to be well lit, whatever. You yeah. Know, my lighting is shit right here. So don't judge me. It's, it, it, I think the in the new normal, Zoom quality is passable for anything. I know, right? So. And it's like, this is the only room that has air conditioning. It's my bedroom. Oh, <laughs> so nice. So like all the things in here for this call. Like we have like my table here and like all this other shit. Oh, yeah. I, my AC is loud. So I'm like sitting here in, in the humid like, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't mind it. It's just, you know, I just, I, it's, I think I'm going to, I'll sit through it to minimize the amount of cleanup I have to do for the audio. Oh, ooh, you're a real one. <laughs> I appreciate you. I got my AC running, so. Well, I don't, I don't, I'm not hearing it. Mine is loud and you'll hear it on my, this mic. It'll, you'll see it when I'm editing. It's like, I'm like, fuck. <laughs> so I'd much rather, you know, deal with the, the occasional car passing by versus that. Right. But, but yeah, our, our next question really is, what advice would you give to like dancers or people who are aspiring to start pursuing dance as a career, but they're like, I don't know if I should. Pursuing dance as a career. This actually goes into kind of like the second reason why I started my company. I think it kind of comes from like, let me turn this down. I feel like someone who wants to pursue dance as a career, I feel like as women, there are a lot of, challenges that no one told me about <laughs> mm. so like in my in my dance team for my kids like it's not obvious in a lot of the things I'm teaching them but I'm going to be phasing in once we start meeting in person again I'm going to be phasing in some stuff about contracts mm. and about how to make sure that you're reading the contract what's a good contract what's a shitty contract or child friendly laws. <laughs> <laughs> so, that I think there's like a lot of sexism that you have to be able to navigate. Like mm -hmm. you're never going to like, it's not going to be eradicated. Right. But there's like ways to navigate it that are helpful. And then there's like ways to navigate it where you look like a crazy person. Mm. So even though you're not. So like a lot of what I'm teaching is like, I guess my advice to somebody who wants to pursue dance is you have to know what you're talking about. And you have to come up with solutions. You have to come up with your own creative solutions. So like when there is something you don't like about the way a dance team is run or the way that some things are going down on a gig, mm -hmm. some gigs where all of a sudden you show up and this, dir this director of this music video was like listing all the clothing items that I was about to take off. And I was like, that was not what we agreed on. This, that, that was on contract, was it? It was not because I didn't have one because oh. I just moved out to LA and I didn't know anything about contracts. What is a contract? 
right? So I just showed up thinking, oh yeah, it's like a friend of a friend who makes music, this is gonna be so cool. And then it immediately became like an unsafe situation. I show up, there's all these drunk guys on the set. Oh man. They're not, by the way, working on the set. They're just there. Homies. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. God. I okay. was like, that's interesting. Like, cause all the equipment looked very cheap. But then, like, the bar setup looked real expensive. So I was, <laughs> The only thing that they wanted. Okay. Yeah. So, it was, you know, I feel like if you are empowered and you're, you're putting in the work and the time and the energy to learn your craft, you're going to be able to spot some bullshit much quicker. And you're going to be able to not maybe even enter those situations in the first place. Mm-hmm. But then you know, at the same time, if you are really educated, you do show up to places and there's things that you're like not loving, you know, like you're being harassed by your dance director, for example, which has happened to me, you know, you, you can find ways to talk about those things that stick to the facts, Mm. right? Because that's what people are ready to hear. They're ready to hear like a creative solution. They're ready to hear like, well, you know, would you guys mind if I talk to you guys, the, the board of directors, can I, can I just come to your meeting for just two minutes and just talk to you guys about my idea for our costumes for the next set? Cause I really had some good ideas. And if you can like come through with ideas as opposed to he's harassing me and I don't like it. And I don't want to wear what you're telling me to wear. Right. It's like mm-hmm. that, no one's going to listen to that shit, even though you're right. Yeah. No one's going to listen to that. So I feel like someone coming in wanting to be successful in dance industry. Like that's what I would say is arm yourself with knowledge and really get in touch with your own creative muse, like your own energy. Yeah. Like meditate, do whatever you need to do. Because then when when something doesn't sit right with you, you're not just sitting there like, oh, I hate what's happening. Oh, this sucks because I'm really passionate about dance, but I'm really pissed. You can just find a way to make that situation, you know, better or what, what it ideally should be. Yeah. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of moments, especially for, you know, someone who's just starting out, you're going to not, not every situation is going to be ideal and it takes a while to find your tribe. So -hmm. like on the journey, put in the work, (laughs) don't be afraid to say no to things that make you uncomfortable so that you can keep your integrity and keep your light shining bright. So when things do come forward where you're like, Ooh, that's what I want to do. You can jump in with both feet. Mm with full confidence and you can contribute and then people are going to want you there yeah so yeah it, it, i feel like a lot of people are going to try to especially for first starting they're trying to take advantage of people who are inexperienced and don't know what's up yeah like they because they just want to you know give you an opportunity quote unquote mm-hmm. exposure and all that and it's yeah. and and again those without a contract that means they can pretty much try to tell you to do anything anything could have happened yeah so that's which is not a very good situation for you know it at all because you know it's i mean you, you do yes you do you would have the option to to leave but most people in my opinion just like they feel the pressure of trying to make something happen for themselves they kind of pressure themselves to stay even though it's not good for them so, so. true that's a fucking life skill we watched, I watched a movie that I don't like that much called The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo based on that book. Oh yeah, that was a great book. I haven't read the book. I'm excited to read the book. I think it's going to be better than the movie. I didn't really enjoy the movie, but one part that was like fucking so dope, which is like completely exactly what we're talking about, is like this dude without like giving away too many details. There's like this like fucked up person and they're like, oh yeah, just like, just come with me for a second alone. 
just like, yeah, just come into like this place alone with just me. Yeah, come on. And like, because the person was quote nice or smiling, the other person who knew something was off went anyway. Mm. They followed this like creepy ass person, even though they knew something was wrong because they felt obligated to be nice. And then the person just fucks you up because they're like, you knew something was wrong, but you came anyway. Mm. And I was like, oh, yeah. dude, that's so true. And yeah. in spaces, we have to be so aware of ourselves because it's like, it's your passion. And if your passion is the same as your career, like that hits so much harder when you're in an unsafe space. Like it just, hit, it hurts on every level. Because it's something <laughs> so, you love so dearly, but then it's violated by some yeah. fuck. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. and especially with, I don't know if you've heard anything that's happened with, that's happening in the dance community with, yeah. you've heard? Okay. Yeah. That's kind of, whew. I know. It's just wild. Like, um, yeah. What are you thinking about? Like as a dance leader, the head of a company, like what's going through your mind when you're looking at those things? Uh, well, the, the first thing that's really coming up for me is like how much ego can get in the way or how much people's, you know, when they get this quote unquote fame, how much people start op- really operating from ego and start of, instead of like really looking for the best of other people for me as well as like, I don't know, I guess disappointed in a sense that, w- that shitty people were put on a pedestal. Yeah. Cause you know, like I, as much as I, I talk shit, I give them into the, any of the temper tantrum rehearsals, but yet, but like, or would you were at the meetings, you saw the dynamic. I talk shit to the whole team. <laughs> yes. Cause it's like, but it's like out of love, but like, it's, you know, the, I don't know, like it, it, I haven't really verbalized it. I have thought a lot. I've thought a lot about it and uh, it's just disappointing uh, that it's happening. And I'm also like, I've also questioned myself, like, if I being a leader, like, what did I put someone in the uncomfortable situation? But I was so blind because my ego was in the way. So I'm like, like, who have I put in that situation? Did I put anyone in that situation? Because like one, you know, it sucks to be canceled. But two, it's like, it sucks. Like for me, because I've I've shared with you, like what I went through in the previous, the reaction video, like what I had to do, like 52 weeks of anger management, all that stuff. uh, Yeah. So I shared with you, like, like that stuff, I, I like that has helped me kind of look back and see where I was in the wrong. And then I just like a lot of, you know, the, especially the, the, the people who did the hurting it's, and it's very, I, I would say abuser mentality or talk where they would say it takes two to do this or they, yeah, or, is- or the gaslighting. It's yeah. like, you know, it, there's that, the whole thing is like, you, you don't get to be the one that says if they got hurt or not, if you did the hurting. So, and then as, as a person who has done the hurting, you know, it's it, the things that are really lacking is empathy of what's happening and taking responsibility of it, even though like, you know, you in your head, you may not have done anything wrong. In fact, if someone's in, there's a human being in front of you that's hurting, you know, to dismiss it is, I think, you know, is cruel because that, that it, it's, Essential. If you can be a part of the, someone's healing, why not? But then that's the thing. It's, as a, someone who has a lot of fame and a lot of attention and all that stuff, it can get to their head and they can see, feel untouchable. They can tr- get away with certain things. So it's like, yeah, in a sense, it, it, it sucks. But uh, also as someone else who's seeing it, I'm kind of 
<laughs> for lack of a better way of saying it, I'm glad it is happening to someone else because then I get to learn from it. Because <laughs> then I'm like, because it's a reminder for me, like, how I, and I think I just discussed this with my girlfriend. I, I feel like in the very, very early days of FanBase, I feel like I could have gone that route. But thankfully, there were people that were like, they were brave enough to call me out. And I, I'm grateful that I was willing to really reflect on the feedback and like sh and shift how I was approaching leadership. But yeah, like ultimately I want to create a truly a safe environment where I can talk shit to everyone. <laughs> the healthy balance. Yeah. Cause, cause it's cool. Cause it's like they, they, you see them create all these amazing things. They're famous. They're Instagram famous. They're doing all these gigs, but it's like in my head, I was always like, because I've heard some of the, th the things that happened. I, was, I actually wasn't expecting to talk about this because I was trying to avoid talking about it because I kind of wanted to make it into a, a group podcast. But I also want I also want to be respectful to the people staring t t sharing their stories because we're outside looking in. Right. So, but like just coming from the perspective of someone who's uh, led and witnessing, yeah, like I, I always wondered at what cost did you do to get there? Who did like... I'm not gonna say who did you have to hurt, but how did you? How much did you have to push? Like not just yourself, because you know it was your team. You know, like because there's a level of excellence that they do have with the with, I guess, the technical aspect of dancing. But what about the culture, which is for me, is much more important than dancing really cool. Because I I'd much rather be on stage with people who are like we can look to each other on stage and like know that this is going to be an amazing memory and we can talk about it, you know, next week and, or like if you fucked up or the experience overall, because I mean, you know, the whole thing, life is just a bunch of experiences. That's it. And if we had, and if the process to getting there, yes, it's hard work, but you don't have to make it any harder than it is by being a dick about it. Right. So what about you? Like, what are your thoughts? Cause you're a leader yourself. And I've been thinking a lot about this. So my, I have a lot of thoughts, but my big takeaway is learning how to say sorry. So there's times in my life where just in just one-on-one -on -one with friends, family, whoever, where I've just been like, <laughs> <laughs> I love how animated you are. <laughs> <laughs> and then like, as soon as I say, I'm sorry. Mm. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it just, it feels good to say sorry. So I'm trying to figure out like what is the best way to educate, educate my students on their own rights and how they deserve to be respected, right? So like I do have a pretty good atmosphere of like, I'm always like asking them like, what do you guys need? You know, so I want them to practice understanding what they need. Like, do you need water? Do you need a break? What do you, do you need to run again? What do you guys need? Cause I'll have a plan, but I'll kind of modify based on what we, what we want. Cause I'm working with children. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> they, you know, they have their own, there's a lot going on. There's yeah. a lot going on for them. So that's kind of my big takeaway is like, you know, if I, if I ever teach something like, and I'm like, Oh, it was actually on and one, just like getting in this habit of, Oh, I'm sorry, you guys, it's actually this, my bad. You know, and just because I always do that, but it's just like kind of affirming in me the importance of always being ready to say you're sorry, because then when it comes to bigger issues, like the bigger issues probably won't come up because 
you're already in the mindset of like, how do I respect people the most? It's yeah. Like, not like what's like, how good can we fucking get? It's like, how do I, how do I do the most good for you? Mm-hmm. You know, being like the mindset. So definitely I feel like the apology situation was a whole situation that is completely invalidating, completely gaslighting in that particular what's going on in the dance communities. Mm-hmm. I mean, across the board, just awful. So, you know, being able to being able to truly feel sorry about some shit you did wrong, like that's tough. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, you know, embodying being sorry and not just saying oh, i'm sorry and just like saying it to say it you know because some people yeah just say it just to like get them off of their backs yeah and making making like key adjustments so like there's like i i had a conversation actually when this came up mm. with some parents on my team mm. like that could have gone really bad <laughs> you know but i just want i want them to understand like because i have them fill out these privacy forms about when you're working with children i don't want to talk to your child alone in their bedroom Please do not hand them your phone. No texting allowed. You know, I have like a whole form about safety. That's good. Yeah. And it's like, I just wanted to let them know, like, there's a context to this. You know, not every teacher is Miss Amanda. So as much as we want to like love the dance community and I brought some of my kids to five juniors. So they're like, you know, we want to like, yeah, like in it. Right. They want to be like, well, we want to be like that. It's like, we, we also have to understand there's like flaws in every community there's things that we all got to work on yeah well that's kind of my takeaway is like how how do i i'm just like meditating on how do i further educate parents so that they're armed with certain you know i'm just trying to empower them basically our conversation was you don't ever have to feel uncomfortable in any dance situation ever if you don't if i don't care how many trophies somebody's won i don't care what they're saying if you don't like how your child's being treated i empower you to leave the situation yeah you know that was kind of our conversation because i don't know if they're going to dance with me five years from now seven years from now but it's more about just letting them know like hey it's uncomfortable but this is what's going on (laughs) and i want you guys to just know right now that this is why i have you fill out these forms this is why we treat your children the way we treat them yeah and then you know about the one that that happened in las vegas too right i'm trying to not (laughs) be honest with you i'm trying i watched like all the like you know, of that particular team. And then once I got to a certain point, I said, okay, like, I'm good. I understand how these people are operating. It's given me a, a framework to better discuss safety protocols with my my clients. Like, that's where I need to be. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's tough because with the dance community, there's like, it's a community. There's no board, you know, overlooking the whole thing. So every every team, is, it's pretty much the Wild West. You can run it every through every way you you know, every which way you want. You can practice till six in the morning just so you can compete and all that other stuff. Right. It's, you know, and then people are, you know, obviously they're dedicated or passionate about it, but it's like, again, it goes at the thing, like what, at what cost, like as if you have people that are down and the team as a whole says it's cool, you know, it's, I think, you know, that that's cool. The directors, obviously you want to, it's your job to, you know, obviously push the team to be at the next level but you also have to check in with them as well to see where they're at, which I think is a lot of missing. But yeah, the, the Las Vegas situation is interesting. And I think, I, I, I kind of want to ask about your whole your year. Like what year, what plans were you most excited about prior to Corona? 
<laughs> oh, let me show you my cemetery of 2020 <laughs> ideas. <laughs> all of my all of my plans just dead. Okay, so as far as my business goes, I had this like whole set planned out for my kids. That was like this very elaborate, like very cool, but definitely able to execute. Definitely, you know, within our our realm. Uh-huh. And it was this whole concept video slash live performance with the use of concept videos. Oh, sick. Yeah, that all is a, a Marvel-themed set. <gasps> but I did my own, like I rewrote, I just used clips from the movies in between the songs to tell like my own made-up story. So it's kind of like what the core dance crew does, where it's like fan fiction through dance. Yeah. But it's like my story about... <laughs> It's like my story about Baby Groot, basically. Oh, sick. Yeah, so it's like, and it's so funny, and it's so cute, and the kids were like, yeah! And, like, we were learning, like, our Black Widow dance and our Iron Man dance, and we were, like, killing it. Damn. Yeah, and it's, like, it's a really fun concept. Like, it's really cool, and I think they'd have a lot of fun, and they'll get a lot of technique. (laughs) But then we can't do that. (laughs) (laughs) we pivoting so that died they're making their own concept videos at home they're still learning some skills they'd be fine that's and then the other thing was my i was kind of saving up saving up because my money flows like this like i'm an independent contractor Mm -hmm. certain seasons where i make more money Mm -hmm. so i was like okay april that was kind of my month in my mind i was like april is the month when i think i'm ready to start doing like actual acting classes and like pay money for this shit because mm. right? I'm 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 enjoying the acting experiences I've had so far I'd like to continue doing it I'd like to develop a community where we're you know doing projects together so I was like okay that's I'm gonna do it and then like obviously that's that no well, you know you could always do tiktok and make it since it's like the new vine <laughs> I know, I know. do some skits but actually, but actually, so like it died, but then it kind of didn't though, because now I have acting class every Monday, but just like with my friends. Oh, sick. We started one, they started one, and then I joined it. And now I'm one of like the people that goes every week. So it worked out just, you know, I kind of had been wanting to work with actually these people for a while. So it was kind of like, oh, hey. Yeah, it kind of was weird because I hadn't like this person in the back of my mind, like, I want to learn from this person. Like, I want to work with him. And then he was like, oh, I'm starting this thing. So, yeah, it just, like, happened to, like, yeah. what's one of those things, like, the best, sometimes the things that, uh, I forgot what I say, the things you wanted to happen, you know, sometimes it's best that it doesn't happen. Yeah. Because then, like, the better thing happens. Because yeah. it's free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, you know, like, people that I was like, oh, shit, I fucking admire that person. Like, I want to, like, work with them and shit. Yeah. So, yeah, it worked out. That's cool, man. Like, like I'm hearing that the the conversations from, like, Rosie, you, and Diego, and all these other people that are taking all these other classes. <laughs> so it's like, I'm honestly having, like, well, I, I fucked up. I, I, I didn't get to sign up for the classes, but I've been wanting to take classes. At the same time, I'm like, I don't know if I prioritize it because I'm afraid of, le- for me, I know it's a commitment issue. <laughs> so... 
Uh, maybe I have it's... so many dance Patreon people that I'm supposed to be learning the choreo and I have not learned a single fucking move. Yeah, so that's one thing I'm afraid of. Like, if I sign up, I don't do it. <laughs> so, yeah, because I know, like, I am, I'm still working on a lot of stuff. You know, obviously, I'm working with you guys, creating podcasts and everything, but then there's still my company stuff, like my social media company stuff. Then there's obviously parenting. Right. So, yeah, so I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> would I have time? But uh, what, what are you looking forward to when this whole thing is over? Oh, God. Just getting out of your, you know, your your basement and seeing the nuclear, exp- all the nuclear fallout is gone. It's safe I to know. breathe again. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, think, I think I'm excited to go into spaces with other humans. <laughs> And breathe the air next to them without fear. That would mm. be lovely. I'm excited. I really miss the way that it feels when you're in dance room and you're like, so you're at rehearsal. I just miss right when you finish running a certain part of the set or finish running a piece and you're kind of like sitting on the side. And then you just look around at all the fuckery going on. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it would be like somebody for no reason that's on the ground doing like angels, but they're face down. <laughs> and they're just like doing this. And then oh, like God. here and there's a person just like rolling, but real slow. You know what I mean? And then yeah. there's like a dude over here who's like climbing onto another person's back, but that person's having a full on conversation. Yeah. Letting the person climb on their back. You know what I mean? Like dancers are fucking wild ass motherfuckers. That's true. Very. I miss it. I miss that weird shit. Yeah, I do. I miss that. The energy, it just doesn't transfer as well on like zoom. Like I wouldn't, like I I wanted. On y'all's backs. (laughs) Well, I gotta adjust the camera first. <laughs> yeah, I, I was. I really wanted to just do a podcast in person because then, like, whew, the energy, like, those easily become like two-hour podcasts. The, the first one I did with Brandon was like it just flew quickly. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was. It was great. I'm excited for actual in-person experiences, but who knows how long that's gonna take with the way things are right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited though to keep creating things. Yeah, I, I, that I can talk to you about too about maybe afterwards. Yeah, I'm down. Like if it concept video ish thing. Yeah. Sick. I don't know if you saw, but you I with Rosie I create a lot of micro content from this, so this one episode becomes 15. So. Oh, good idea because no one will watch two hours of this. Oh, you'd be surprised. <laughs> so yeah, like it, the the numbers are small. Yeah, the numbers are small, but people will still do it. If people are willing to watch, like a obviously, like a three-hour movie, a movie, it, it always comes back down to the value. Right, like, like am I doing interesting enough shit? Like, or, yeah, like so, which is why one of the reasons why, like, here's how, how I think about it is, like, the, my, the mini episodes are the gateway drug to the bigger episode. Or, or it can just be to the point of, like, answering their question. It's a two, it, either way, it's a win-win because we get a view, potential new subscriber. So that's, like, a... Uh, yeah, like, I have a very... I was like, should I look hotter? <laughs> I don't want it. I think the value you're going to give is going to speak more volumes. Yeah, that's right. I'm valuable. 
outside of my hotness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I, yeah, you don't have to look a certain way. Cause I, I, I like what you shared already. Like the minute we start talking about leadership, I'm like, this is going to be a huge topic for this. Cause I, well, on the topic of hotness, everybody should know that even though I'm adopted into an Italian family, I'm actually also Brazilian. So like, if you're just looking for hotness content, like I'm here for that as well. <laughs> And if you're like a single male and you're a feminist, like go ahead and hit me up. Ooh. Oh, so you're 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 available and looking. So hit her up. So hit her up on Instagram. Shoot your shot. If by looking you mean I do nothing whatsoever to do anything, then yes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not on match. I'm not on hinge. You won't find me on Tinder, but you will find me hiding in my house. <laughs> have you have you ever gotten any like strange dms god yeah dude i was selling shit on facebook marketplace and this fool asked me out damn i was like bro i respect it but also fuck you <laughs> <laughs> i love how you just went from like super like charming to like yo fuck this fool <laughs> <laughs> Like not the place, bro. Facebook Marketplace. What? What's the weirdest place you've ever been? I guess approached. I know my one of my friends was was, and I didn't know it existed. People were being hit up on LinkedIn, like trying for. That's a thing. That's totally a thing. I don't think I have a LinkedIn, <laughs> so I don't have any of those stories. But I do have stories about one time I was at Trader Joe's. Oh, I have so many stories. These are these are entertaining. I love this. <laughs> I was at Trader Joe's, and I was like chilling. I was just walking. I was Is just that walking. how you walk? That's how I walk in the grocery store. Okay. Okay. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, there's these du- dudes, two dudes. They work at Trader Joe's. They're mm-hmm. working there. They are at their job stocking potatoes, okay, potatoes. Okay. And then I hear them talking about this woman who's in front of me and they're rating her on a scale of one to 10. And I was like, Oh no. Oh no. Cause I had a, I had a dish planned that required potatoes. So I was like, damn, <laughs> I gotta walk by these motherfuckers. Oh, so then you're like immediately sensing that you're going to be judged. Yeah. I was like, okay, they're going to assess me. They're going to judge me possibly approach me in which case i will of course have to get violent maybe throw a potato i don't know what's gonna happen i just don't know what's oh, gonna man. happen so instead i tattled on them to the manager <laughs> oh my god on that bitch <laughs> oh my god so, tattle on them also another time in my younger years when i was less smart about things mm-hmm. i was asked out in line at a what walmart hmm. okay a couple things we're in line that's a no Two, we're at Walmart. Quality That's- people. <laughs> okay. But I was like, I'm 21 and have no common sense. Sure, why not? Turns out I developed a stalker. So for two weeks, I had a stalker. Whoa. What? How, how, did, how was that handled? Yep. So eventually... Like we were dancing, like in my garage, like in my dance team. This is when I was in college. Oh, and oh, they know where you, they knew where you lived too. Well, I had what what? They knew where you lived. Yes. Everything. Because um, I may have after the second date invited them to a party at my house. I was young. 
Never give anybody your address, kids. I don't care that you've been on two dates with them and they haven't assaulted you yet. You still don't give them your address. Yeah, you don't know a person until you've seen their worst. No! So, we're rehearsing, and I've been seeing, like, this truck, this mysterious truck, just, like, circling my house for two weeks. Sounds like a you situation. And I was like, oh, that's that. That's for sure him. That's definitely him. I called him Wally Walmart. I don't know what his name is. That's just, like, what I called him. I'm pretty sure. So, and then... What happened is my one of my dancers was like, hey, because our garage door is open. Like I, I had all these like janky ass mirrors up. So I created like a dance studio in my garage for our team to rehearse in. Nice. Because we couldn't get enough space on campus. So the door is open so we can see this dude driving by. And this girl comes up to me. She's like, hey, I don't know if I should tell you this. I, I, I don't want to be weird. Just I just thought you should know there's like this truck and he's driven by two times now. And he's like staring at us. And I don't know why, I just I just thought I should tell you. And I was like, shit. <sighs> you know, because then it's starting to affect my team. Yeah. Uh. So then, then immediately, like, it was a no-brainer. I walked in. I said, hey, thank you. Thank you so much for telling me. I got this. Go ahead and rehearse. Like, I got you. And then I just went inside. It was, <laughs> and, like, one of the guys, like, she had told, like, one of the boys on the team first. It was so precious. And he came up to me. He's like, hey, Amanda. She's got something to tell you. Like, he was, like, looking out for her and shit, too. It was really sweet. So then I woke, go inside, and I just tell all my friends, I'm like, hey, you guys remember that dude that came to this party? And everybody's like, no. And I'm like, hey. <laughs> so he's been, like, just circling in a truck. Can you guys, like, what, what should I, like, do? Like, how do I handle this? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I immediately just came out with it. Because I had known for two fucking weeks that, like, this dude was circling my fucking house. Yeah. But I didn't say anything until it started to affect, like, you know somebody else yeah but it was good because then this dude like who was at our house he's like oh i got this and then then he just went outside and he like ran and he was like trying to chase down like the truck for a second and then it just never came back (laughs) (laughs) oh shit all right (laughs) (laughs) oh my god like yeah he wouldn't stop for me (laughs) (laughs) that that tracks because he's actually not here for you. He's here for me. So anyway, yes. Asked out all over the place. Men are horrible. Anyway. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. Well, I mean, I do acknowledge the stupid shit that we've done. So, I mean, I, I've learned the hard way about where the toxic masculinity, where that leads. So. Totally. It leads to a truck circling my house. Like, bitch, get a job. <laughs> get a job. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Stop uh, me on your off hours. So what, what advice would you give to your younger self? Don't give people your address, bitch. <laughs> okay, aside from, you know, like, <laughs> aside from that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like. <laughs> younger self about yeah. Boys? Mm, I, mean, I think not just boys, but like I think you sounds like you you listen to your own advice already. But like, yeah, what would, advice would you give to like say your seventeen year old self or eighteen year old self? Seventeen year old self? Yeah, he was a prude ass bitch, so she didn't need much advice. But what I would have told her is that you're gonna become a little bit, just like a teensy bit of a whore, not too much, but just <laughs> a little bit. So when you get there, that's fine because we're all on our own path. 
make sure you learn Krav Maga. Wow. <laughs> That's very specific. Yeah. You know, do you know Krav Maga now? I took one class and I'm now an expert. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. For I'm curious about your leadership. So we're bouncing all over the place. This is just like me and my curiosity. So that's, I told you like, here's the format, but I'm going to get curious about things I'm going to ask. So like. That's sociology, by the way. What? Asking questions when you get curious. That's like half of sociology. No, that's 95% of sociology. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just, I just get curious about people and then I just ask. That's why I love doing these interviews. Yes, this is qualitative so, research, sir. So, <laughs> I'm going to put it in my dossier of, <laughs> of Amanda Akarmasi. <laughs> I have to do this every time. I... <laughs> oh, actually, because you said you moved to LA before I go into the leadership thing. Where did you? Where were you before? Like, I am from the Bay. Mm. I am from the bougie part of the Bay. I am from Fairfax, which is a hippie town in the middle of the bougie part of the Bay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So basically, like in my hometown, like all of the people that live there are rich hippies. Oh, wow. So there's no corporations allowed. They like, we're like, protest, protest. We have enough money to protest. And they protest. <laughs> and they were like, we don't want corporations in our town. So it's all like, if you walk through the town, it's only small businesses. There's no like target or shit like that like wow. you don't have that shit that's kind of cool yeah it's not permitted yeah so that's how i grew Ooh. up is like there's a lot of trees everywhere everybody's like fuck the establishment everybody's like fuck capitalism fuck the patriarchy like i just went back there not that long ago like a year ago and i was eating lunch at like a just a restaurant just like a like a health food store slash restaurant i'm just sitting there open seating quite close the tables are quite close to other tables and there's this old man who's like clearly lived here his whole life and he's just he's so passionate because he's talking about sexual freedom and he just starts he stood up all he stands up because he's like you know what i just get so sick of everybody just making it seem like we can't do sexually whatever we want. Woman, man, anyone in between, do what you need to do. Be safe, yes, but do whatever you want to do with your body. And he just stands up and he just keeps going. Wow. I mean, maybe a minute and a half, which is a long time when you're just like eating noodles and minding your business. Yeah. But I think it's a testimony to where I grew up because like no one responded. Like the people at his table were like, yeah, but everybody else was just like, this is normal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Because everyone's like, yeah, obviously sexual freedom. Like we shouldn't judge women. We shouldn't call people sluts. Like he's just going on and on. You know what I mean? Like that's how I, that's where I grew up. That place sounds awesome. Yeah. It's dope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was really good for me. Growing up, I was like a conservative Christian, but I was in that environment Mm, wow that's kind of like colliding right there yeah so i haven't like so i was like in that environment and i was like yes to this but also yes to this also completely opposite thing mm. so it was just like this constant paradox yeah in the world they called me tofu at my church that was my nickname makes sense 
I was like the health conscious hippie sort of person. Ah. So yeah, like that's like where I grew up, but it wasn't necessarily who I became. It was merely like the seeds were planted. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then I sort of have like grown into that. You know what I mean? Like I've grown into a space of like, yes, this old man screaming about sexism in the restaurant is like just lovely and normal and wonderful. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's pretty dope. Like how, and I think that's a, the, a huge problem with a lot of people is that they don't know how to accept the other view. It's like the minute the minute they hear a different opinion, it's very much like you're attacking me. No, it's it's just an exchange of information. Right. Whether it if it's triggering you, maybe you need to look into yourself and see why it's triggering you. So it's like, <laughs> it's it, yeah. Again, lack of empathy, lack of self awareness just a lot of yelling and trying to get everyone to agree with you when you know it's almost like people think they have an, a monopoly monopoly on reality when they don't and then to get the true picture they got to look at everywhere but anyways <laughs> yes we are all a paradox let's just accept it yeah yeah we are going back to the whole uh, leadership thing like would, how would you like when you're leading your team or even now did you have to like study other leaders like did you look up to any particular people or did you were just like i'll figure it out actually (laughs) i was uh, i think it was like the end of my junior year or maybe my senior year i don't remember when it was but i i like took some sort of class maybe it was at like sodium or something i don't know where i was but it was like a special workshop taught by like keone and mari oh sick yeah and so i like I just, I wanted to figure out, because I could feel like I was missing something. Like there wasn't like a, like a, un, a complete unity to how I was leading, which I now know was due to the fact that I should have been in therapy. <laughs> 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 how can you unify other people when you are all um, a mess and you're yeah. 20 years old, you don't know what's going on. You're giving your address to strangers. Like, come on. <laughs> but you know, like I, so I like, basically I was like, Hey, like, do you mind it just talking to me for a second? And Mari was busy. So I talked to Keone for like, I mean, he really gave me a lot of time and we talked for like maybe 10, 15 minutes about just like leadership. And I was like, oh. sick. <laughs> yeah, it was so beautiful. And then I kind of came back wherever I was at. Like I noticed kind of a difference. I don't know. I don't know when it was, but I just remember feeling different. You know, after that conversation, obviously, because because obviously, Keone and Mari are, are brilliant choreographers and brilliant people. I think yeah, they they really set the bar in many ways. Yeah, I mean, just yeah, they're they're really incredible, and so I think like that experience kind of sort of softened my energy in the right way to where I could like truly be like, yes, you do this and you do that, and this is how you delegate. That was mm. what came out of it, you know, not needing to be everything for everybody, but mm. that I can't be everything for everybody. And I don't need to hold in all of the, all of the shit that every person's bringing to me. I can like bring it to the group and like, we can figure that shit out, mm. yeah. you know? So that was probably like the only really person speaking into me at that point, but it was really, it was really sweet. And then I like took a class, like had like, 10 months later or something like at some random you know how everybody's like in garages it was like at some ucla garage that like keone was teaching so i went out and like yeah 
I don't know what it was. And then he immediately recognized me. I was like, <laughs> and he wouldn't recognize me now because it's been years. But like that really kind of confirmed something for me. I was like, okay, like this is fucking cool. Like Keone just recognized me, you know? So like I, he was like, how's your team doing? I was like, oh, that matters. What we do matters. What artists do matters. <laughs> That's really cool. You know? Yeah. So that was kind of the only person speaking into me at that point. But now I have like a thousand people speaking into my life, <laughs> which is much smarter. <laughs> so I have like all of these people, like mostly women in leadership from like many disciplines. Yeah. Like speaking into my life and, and helping me understand how to like lead my, my team and how to run my business and just how to like exist in the world. So yeah. much better off now that I have like more mentorship. Not Did that like there can't be an excess of things because there could, could be an excess, but I haven't reached the point of excess. Yeah, it saves the the the, the heartache of experience. <laughs> so the heartache of fucking up. Just that's why I'm like seeing everything that's happening in the community. The people that fucked up, I'm like, I'm learning from this, so it does not happen to yeah. here. <laughs> but there's so many ways in which we can be fucked up too. Mm, that's true. So it's, it's a reality check because it's like fucked up. Like they didn't just one day become what they were. They didn't just like one day start acting like monsters. It's like there's like little a, there's a series. Yeah. So it's like, we got to cut that shit down right now. Yeah. All of our little, little habits and behaviors now just like handle it. And then we'll never reach the atrocities. That, yeah. That they've reached. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, oof. that was about leadership, but then we went, we went too far. See what we were talking about. I'm going to ask you like a couple more questions. And we're going to go to the rapid fire segment. Yes. All right. Oh, Actually, this came up to mind. Like throughout this whole journey of dancing, what do you feel like surprised you the most about it? That dance could save my life. Mm. I feel like that was kind of a thing. Like, you know how like dancers are like, dance is life. Yeah. And it's like, okay. But like it kind of is. Like, if you look at like if you look at the neuroscience behind like the way dancers connect with one another it's so unique like it's not the way that people connect huh they play basketball like i encourage you to look at it they've only been really looking into it for like maybe 10 years like really looking into it but it's it's pretty cool like what they found so basically the way that like say sports people connect with each other yeah it's like not the same for dancers to connect with one another they call it kinesthetic empathy so it's like my opinion the ultimate form of empathy because in order for me to do the same choreography as you the pathways in my brain need to exactly match the pathways in your brain i just got fucking chills right now that's fucking cool dude it's really cool i really encourage you to look it up kinesthetic empathy all right I'm gonna... so when i when i looked that up i was like oh shit like that's why when dancers are like fam 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 all the time. Yeah. <laughs> it's like kind of annoying, but like it kind of like makes sense, like on a brain level, on a scientific level. Like, yeah. it, like hypeness is real. Like, like when we see a dancer freestyle, our brain responds as though we are also doing what they're doing and exponentially more if we have experience in that style. Yo, yeah. Hypeness is like scientifically real. 
Yeah, that makes sense when I see other b-boys or like other people just start getting down. I'm like, yeah, because you think it's you. Your brain is like, that's me and I'm you and we're the same and you're awesome, right? Like it's happening in our brains. We think that we're doing that. We think that's us. So the connection between dancers probably has been the thing that I've been the most surprised by because it's like, I hate being that person who's like, oh, fam. Oh, we're best friends. Oh my god, I just met you. But we're so close because we're on a dance team. Like I, hate, <laughs> I fucking hate that shit. That's not who I am. But it's like, is it though? You know what I mean? Like on some level. You could just be just like the Dario, but you're like in your head or fam. Yeah. Like our Aubrey Plaza <laughs> from yeah. April Ludgate from, <laughs> from Yeah, she's great. Yeah. That's fucking cool. That makes so much sense. Because, like, I, I I, mean, I enjoy sports, and I, but, like, the connection that I've witnessed, at least, like, I've, obviously, I've experienced it as a dancer, but I, the connection that I've seen, like, people who do football or basketball, it just didn't feel as, at, at my experience, as deep, in a sense, with, with dance. Yeah. So, oh. That's what you're seeing, kinesthetic empathy. You're seeing a full-body recognition of myself in yourself and yourself in myself. Wow. Like a very real connection. That's why, you know, that's why we got to make sure we're doing our job as leaders because if we're connecting in that way and the space is not safe, yeah, it's exponentially worse yeah. than in other spaces in some ways. Shit. In terms of development, especially. Yeah. It sounds like you've been leading like for a majority of most of your dance career. How is it for you when you just have to be the dancer? God, I fucking love it. <laughs> yes, me too. <laughs> I love it. I love just showing up and having no responsibility other than my own choreography. It's like, I'm just here to just learn some shit and then I fucking leave. Yeah, I'm like, I'm one of the fuck, <laughs> the fuckheads just off on the side goofing off. Lizelle, the goddess Lizelle. Mm-hmm. Is that, I feel like she's just, I feel so safe when I've been in dance situations with her because she like like if she has an agenda she's like from seven to seven oh two we're doing this yeah you will do it like that's what's happening i like in a natural gentle way but like it's happening like she is so planned out fucking lesson plan yeah i like i liked when my first rehearsal with her she was like only these people need to be at rehearsal everyone else you know like the appropriate people needed to be there so that way there's no other people just sitting around so like I really like took a note from that and helped with temper tantrum rehearsals. It's like, like super. I give you. I give like detailed. Like we have a fifteen minute window for people to come in, but then from this time to this time, all learning. A lot of the times we've ended early because I don't have anything else planned. I don't want to force the issue on anyone. Like, right. and I send everyone formations with their faces on it. So even with even though they're missing, I send before even the first rehearsal starts. I film myself do it with the doing a tutorial version of the choreography, so you have an idea before rehearsal starts. I even once and once all formations are done, I start doing feedback videos. So it's like I run it and I start saying your angles off, your angles off, like as game tape, and I send it to everyone. Oh, nice! So the cleaning notes we can peruse at our leisure. Yeah, and keep keep growing in between rehearsals. Yeah. yeah. So it's like I never want I I never wanted an excuse for people to not show up on time or for us to, you know, I well one, I never wanted to waste anyone's time. I hate wasting time. 
it pisses me off when an art I've been because I'm sure you've experienced it when you go to a rehearsal fucking art director doesn't know what the fuck they're doing and like we're just fucking hanging out I'm like I don't want to hang out we're here to work or they're like I just made this up in the car yeah and they use that as like I've had that happen several times where they use that as like a point of pride like I'm unprepared (laughs) I hated that that's not a thing to be proud of like I don't understand this tone yeah like it I, I hate trying to figure it out when you're supposed to be doing the work i like the i love the pre-planning so that way when it's time for rehearse to rehearse we get it done and whatever i can we can fix you know i either through video notes we can give each other feedback um, yeah i just hate the idea of wasting people's time because yeah. especially since for me i consider myself a time nazi <laughs> like i'm very protective of like things that intrude my schedule you need to find other words other than Nazi. That's I'm all, I'm fair. a fat Nazi. You're That's all, true. I'm a Nazi. We need to find another. That uh, needs to erase that for a moment. I'm a, I'm, shit. That's, that's true, fair. Because <laughs> it's not, this, this time, yeah. But yeah, like, because then at the same time, I see it in other people's like, damn, they could be doing something else right now. I better make this time worth it. So they're not just fucking, you know, perusing and just, lollygagging standing around in rehearsals i always hated the idea of especially when i was running fan biz nine to six a.m rehearsals like why do we need to overwork our dancers who aren't getting paid why can't we why can't we just be prepared ahead of time get it done and be prepared with changes you want to make don't try to make changes on the spot because you know i know it's an art but I've been in rehearsals where they're doing formations and then readjusting formations. And then next rehearsal, they 86 the formations and then do it again. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I guess there's a time and a place for it, but it's like, if there's a deadline, done is better than perfect. Right. Because right. like, you want the dancers to feel comfortable on stage instead of like, oh, I need to move to the spot. You don't want them thinking about that stuff. Like I, I, I what do you call it? one of the dancers... Like she wanted a center. She she wanted a spot from one of our University City Walk performances. She wanted the spot. She can do it. But when she was performing it, she wasn't performing it. You can see in her face, she was like thinking about it. So the day of, after tech rehearsal, when I watched, I took her off. So it's like, yeah, I did. And I told her and it, it's, it was for the betterment of everyone. I didn't know I was like that though. Yeah, because I, I mean, I told her like, it's not like, I'm not like you suck, get the fuck out. Right, right. I'll say that as a joke, but like, I'll be like, like this, like so-and-so, like, I appreciate that you did your best. You learned the choreography. You tried to clean it up, but in, from what I'm, what I just saw out there, you're not, you're, it's, it's, you're uncomfortable. And I'd much rather have you feel comfortable and confident with everything else instead of trying to remember everything you just learned. Yeah. You got to make the hard call. So it's like, you got to make those hard, you got to make the call. Yeah. Aside, uh, speaking of hard calls, aside from the, of passively kicking the other person out, what were some other hard calls that you had to do? Oh God. You know what? There was a girl in high school because I was the captain of my high school team, and I'll always regret. I mean, this was a hard call, but it was the wrong call. I'll always regret like not taking this one girl on because hmm. I like still remember it. I it came back to me like maybe two months ago. I started thinking about her for some reason. I don't know why. But I feel like I was so intent on everybody needs to be clean. Everybody needs to be clean. That I didn't take this girl on who had like no experience. Mm. But really it was like she would have been the best team member because she was the most excited to be there. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Yeah, so for an entire semester, she wasn't on the team, right? And then when she auditioned again, we, we put her on, and I was like, I'm done. I was in high school, you know what I mean? I was like 16 and a half. Yeah. I was, I was an idiot. Like, yeah, I we, was dumb. We, we, like, it's often the ones that are, like, most excited and the least talented that are going to give their, their most. Yeah, they're and they're going to be the cleanest. That's the thing. They get the most clean because they're the ones who are actually paying attention to every cleaning note. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. Very aware that they're not the strongest dancer. And they're like, fuck, 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 fuck. How, how, how did you deal with experienced dancers and egos? We didn't have that really on my college team. Everyone was a fucking gem, I got to say. Damn. Shit. Yeah. I mean, truly. And I... I I guess that that was just my experience. Everyone was just so lovely and charming. I'm hitting up this one guy. I have to I have to text him again, but I'm asking him to teach my students. He was a choreographer on that team. Uh, his I mean just they're all phenomenal. I would say that happened in high school. It was the last time I experienced like ego trips while on leadership with somebody. And it's interesting because in my experience, the people with the big egos did not have the talent. Mm. Whereas the people who were kind of like a little more humble, like there's one girl that uh, she was in leadership with me her senior year. And she's, I won't say who it is, but she's, you know, on TV now. She's on Hulu. She's doing all these things. Wow. And she was a little more like humble about her shit. You know what I mean? Like yeah. She was leading with me, but there wasn't like, she wouldn't come in like. <laughs> she would kind of come in like, all right, I just came in from soccer, like all right, what are we doing? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, but, you know, but she was trying her best. She was doing doing different shit. But, like, I feel like the egos for me happened, like, the year after that. There was a lot more ego going on. And I got to say, I got a lot of reports back that, like, after I graduated, the team, like, started getting really shitty. Like, a lot of people were like, like, people I didn't even talk to that much came up to me. And they were like, I got to tell you something. I don't know if you're going to like hearing this, but... I feel like I gotta tell you. <laughs> the dance team, it, it's not good. They're not good anymore. <laughs> and I was like, you know what I mean? But I feel like it was kind of like this lack of experience combined with ego that created that situation. So I've never actually had to deal in leadership with egos other than those of children, mm. <laughs> which are arguably much worse, actually. <laughs> children? Um, I've dealt with I've dealt with some children with ego issues, and then you meet their parents, and you're like, that makes sense. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I've had to deal with I've had to deal with more like more that kind of shit, like parents with egos or or children who are who have a lot of egos. But I don't really invite those people on my team. <laughs> you know, you... Those are more like classes I've taught as opposed to like people I've invited into my space. Yeah, because then because then you're create you're allowing that thing to kind of yeah. <laughs> like I'm not gonna invite a child who's like super sassy and ungrateful to join oh, yeah. my team. <laughs> I'm not gonna to do that, you know, because they still have some learning to do. They have some growing to do. I mean, what what, what why wouldn't you want to take on the responsibility for that learning? Them. I think because it's a disrespect to the other kids at this point. Mm. I'm like, you know what? You're in this class, and that's fine for you right now. Mm. But for my business, like, that's the other thing, too. I was having this conversation with, like, I'm part of this, you know, my boss invites me to these things where it's, like, people from a lot of different careers all meet together and discuss 
their their small businesses. Yeah. Somebody was like really trying to like tell me that I should like go all in on my business to like make the most money possible. And I was like, I don't think so because I want to work with people that I like. <laughs> this is my business. I want to teach kids that they just have a good attitude. Like that's who I want to work with. You know what I mean? It's like, are you going to invite some person on temper tantrums? It's like a little shithead that's like punching you in the face. That's they- all of you guys. oh god yeah but i i I hear where you're coming from because you're choosing more like in a sense happiness versus the greed of it because you probably can but that would means again it goes to the question at what cost and it's and it actually there is a financial cost when running a company because if you bring in as i learned if you got one toxic person it ruins the whole vibe because they are touching on everybody's nerves. You know what I mean? So if yeah. you have one person, it can bring down the whole thing. So I'm like, you know what? If this is a mom that's really, really rude to me and really aggressive with me and her kid is talented as hell, you're not invited. I really don't. I honestly don't care. Mm. <laughs> you know, because I don't want people showing up and feeling like, oh, God, this person. You yeah. know, or this, or the little, the little ones. I don't want the kids to feel that way either. I don't want a kid bullying the other kid. Oh yeah. Oh gosh. <laughs> because really, what you're doing is again, I, I, that's why I admire about your work because you're really, you're arming them with tools that both you and I had to learn the hard way, and we're right? saving them from so much hard heartache. For them, it's going to be natural. They're going to, so who knows, maybe down the road, they might not be interested in dance, but they, because you taught them camera work, basic camera work, they might want to be wor- filming instead and working with dancers. So and you're, the way that you watch TV, the way that you watch movies, the way you participate in concept videos, like everything changes when you have these things, these foundations. And I can't teach it if somebody got an attitude. Just to educate the audience, what's the name of your company um, so they know? Well, right now we're called Kids Hop Dance Crew. We're at kidshopdancecrew.com. And we are going to be changing that name because, and this is something else I learned too, is on my college team, actually, there was like a name that had been started like eight years prior. And all of us on the team, like, didn't really vibe with it. And I, and someone approached me, they're like, hey, so like, just what if, what would happen if we had a new, like, I mean, just you know, I don't want to offend you or anything. Like they thought I came up with a name and I was like, I just showed up here. I didn't come up with this name. And they're like, what if we change the name? And I was like, Oh, thank God. (laughs) And they were like, Oh, okay. And so then we like, we talked about the purpose of the team and we, we figured out like, what, what is our vibe? And then like one of the, one of the guys on the team, such a sweetheart, he kind of like came up with this name and then we came up with like how we were going to like, you know, like shorten it or whatever. So, I mean, it, that's sort of what I'm going to do with my team. Cause my kids, some of them, I've been teaching them since they were three and now they're like 12, Shit. you know? So it, so yeah, we got it. We got to get a name that makes sense for them. And so I'm going to have them do it and I'm going to have them make a new logo and they're doing all the work. Nice. I'm like, it's your team. They're like taking real ownership of it. And I think that's what like gets people in even more is when they take ownership of, of, you know, Exactly. The, or the company it's your it's your shit it's your you're the one who's showing up to rehearsals you're the one learning and working hard like what are you getting out of it they're gonna come up with shit i never thought of yeah <laughs> yeah so i can i'll guide them but 
kids have dance crew right now, <laughs> but as they're getting older, I don't know that what they want to be called that. So we're going to, we'll reestablish. Like what, what drove you? Cause I know you, you were working with kids, but like, why not make a company for adults? Like how I'm stupidly doing. <laughs> okay. Here's the thing. I would love that. And I have so many thoughts. I have so many ideas. Okay. But the thing is, is that adults, at least all the talented glorious adults that I know are poor as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's going to pay me to teach them. You feel me? Yeah, I hear you. So like I'm paying my friends to teach my students. So this is like a way of me slowly starting to yeah, yeah. to my friends who've taught me and who just are fucking dope as fuck. But it's more about like, I wanted to have a company and a thing that I own, which is, you know, working with kids, it's a little easier because their parents are like, this seems great. I will invest in this. Yeah. Yeah. So I can make money. Yeah. And then outside of that, I can do acting and dance and creative projects that are a little bit more of like what I want to do. Yeah. But I have like an, a, another source of income that's yeah. helping me to create those things. So that was more the intention. It wasn't like an end goal. It was like a means to other creative ends. Uh, a really fun way to take every single thing that I'm doing and like bring that in as a lesson plan to constantly help the next generation like learn from my fucking mistakes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it makes sense because like obviously par- parents of adult dancers, they're not going to pay for it. But yeah, yeah. but. <laughs> but like, but there's definitely uh, parents who are willing to pay for programs like this to help get their kids. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And learning, yeah. Yeah. Okay, that makes <laughs> yeah. Because in my head, like when the beginning of this year, I'm like, like how, like how do we just not make it for fun? How do we start earning other ways of doing it? So it's just like obviously you see me like I'm trying to do a million different ways to for us. Yeah. Like I for, feel like that's like very it's wise and it makes sense. Cause I appreciate that. Cause half the time I'm like, I hope this they're I hope they're enjoying what we're doing at least. I definitely get what you're doing mm-hmm. and it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And I love like your authenticity and I love how in our very first meeting I hope it's okay to say on this, but I mean you can edit if it's not, but I love that in the first meeting you like talked about money and you had like done research and you were like, it's hard to make money. you were like it takes this many years to even have a hope of people paying us to do the things that we do but Mm. here's why i think we have a shot and here's what i'm gonna do for you guys to see if we can make that happen it was like so this you know what i mean yeah it wasn't like you better be grateful to me because i'm giving you an opportunity (laughs) you know what i mean like yeah definitely a vibe like i can get behind i appreciate that like yeah because again it was like the whole thing I'm like people are excited for it and in my head i'm like do you know how much work did, needs to happen for us to even be profitable <laughs> and i'm like we might not be profitable for the first three years so exactly. because like that's how things work yeah so like, <laughs> like that's how things work i'm still trying to make us create stuff despite the pandemic because ultimately i think people will buy personalities and then buy into the the whole company because i think who's doing it condé now was it bon appetit they were doing that like if people it's a it's a what do you call it youtube show with the cooking and all that stuff they're selling personalities that they can get around like if you look at friends like people love that because everyone had such a unique 
personality, so to speak. Right. And that's what I'm trying to angle us with the podcast, the reaction videos, and then see the, and then uh, with the dance videos, here's an angle of how we can potentially present uh, a problem in our voice with, or how we can dance with a product, which is the whole, here's a thing thing. Like it's obviously it's for us to share something personal and, and whatever that may look like. But all, to me, it's a way for us to show that we can dance with the product. So things I love about that, you're like fully embracing our ability to create our own shit. Yeah. You're giving mm -hmm. like respect to the creativity of your people. Which mm -hmm. I love. Two, there's like a business like purpose behind it. And then three, I have a thing that I came up with that the here's the thing would be my friend's brand that he started. Oh, so that's going to be my thing. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that'll be a little more like on the nose of what, of what you're trying to say to, to potential people who might pay us money. Yeah. But, Cause I had like a bunch of ideas that were like comedic and insane, <laughs> but I feel like that's something that I'm like, okay, I'm tired as fuck in this pandemic. There is no time or space. What is the thing that makes sense? So I think that's the thing that like makes sense to do. Sick. Yeah. As long as like, you know, whatever you feel good about and that that's all that matters to me as, as long as you enjoy it. Cause you know, it's, it's different when I say, here's the concept you have to do what I'm saying. Like now it's like, here's the idea here, here, see how you guys interpret it. Right. Right. So and I'm trying to like make it not so so corny or try to I don't know like if for me I hate one trick ponies like it has to have serve multi purposes like which is this podcast not just a podcast it's going to be mini episodes it's going to be TikTok videos it's going to be Instagram posts so it's going to be it, it and and it's going to be something that helps someone in their own journey yeah so it's like yeah. coconut oil you can use coconut oil for anything yeah pretty much. all right cool so let's go go into the rapid fire segment you ready so continue give you 10 questions and uh, yeah get ready okay. all right what product would you refuse to promote anything related to amazon i hate everyone who's rich <laughs> fair what's your favorite song uh, get your freak on missy elliott favorite? okay what annoys you people <laughs> oh my god <laughs> all right your greatest achievement Finding my own self-worth. Ooh, I love that. Where would you want to retire? Somewhere where there's no people and I'm also on a beach. Fiji. <laughs> Describe yourself in three words. I am hot. <laughs> Simple. <laughs> uh, your, what's your favorite Halloween costume? <laughs> I was an ant and I stuck a pillow up my up the butt of my skirt. Uh-huh. And that was, that, I was an ant. You're an ant, ant. I was an ant. No, I was just, I was just an ant. I wore a black dress and just made my butt big. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, how? What's the longest time you've ever spent in a car? Fourteen hours. Jesus Christ. Driving from Oregon to LA. Ooh, I want to go. By yourself? Yeah, you go crazy around hour twelve. You talk to yourself a lot around hour thirteen, and then you just. <laughs> Like for the last hour. straight, yeah. Fuck me, Jesus yeah. Christ. Okay, what fashion trend do you just not get? Anything related to fashion. <laughs> what do you call it? What's your favorite memory? Last question, by the way. When I was little, I remember 
I played the piano for the first time, but I couldn't see the keys. And so I was playing like I was playing like this. Oh. Yeah. That's a wholesome memory. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last question, not rapid fire qu- question though. What would you want people to say about you when you're gone? Oh. She loved everyone. Isn't that interesting? Because I hate people. Yeah, that just—it's kind of like an oxymoron. <laughs> you. But love and hate are not the same, or not opposites. Mm. Right, because the opposite of hatred is apathy, or the yeah. no, opposite uh, of love is apathy. Yeah. Right. So I think I think part of why I hate people is like when I'm unable to connect with them. Hmm. Like I don't understand what they're doing. Or the or the sheer amount of disappointment that's stacking up. So much disappointment. I feel that. Yeah. Yeah. That is. Ugh. This was a little mini therapy. <laughs> a little five percent therapy session. Right there. <laughs> Not a full sesh. I got a debrief on my own, but that was good. Like that. That's cool. Yeah. Because I mean, as you said, I'm like, huh. It's like pulling from both sides. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I am an oxymoron. I am dramatic. <laughs> I am all of the yes and all of the no all at once. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it, it's reflective of your upbringing from a conservative Christian and yeah. then where you grew up. And it's kind of like you are really a living oxymoron where you can see both sides. You can love and hate at the same time. Yes. So. Yes. I make no sense, but I also make like all the sense. <laughs> yeah, I could definitely see that. Like there's like a, like how one second you're very sweet about talking about DMs, then all of a sudden you're talking about this fool hitting you up on Walmart or hitting you up on Facebook. Wally Walmart, all right? Yeah. Wally Walmart in the truck. Yeah. All right, so where can people find you or if you are open to it where, to connect with you? Uh yes. <laughs> uh, people can definitely find me. I'm at Carmas. It's spelled Carmas with ass at the end, two s's. That is not my last name. My last name is Garmasi, but my friend made my Instagram because all of my friends have made all of my social media platforms. I have never made a single one on my own. And my friend that made it was like Carmas. That's how I, that's how I remember. I think just like of Catholic, you know, going to mass, but with cars, Carmas. Oh, or that. Yeah. <laughs> like mass. That's totally what she meant. <laughs> so that's my Instagram at Carmas. And where can people connect with your company? KidsHopDanceCrew.com. Sick. And yeah, keep in mind it will change. So everything we just mentioned is going to be uh, all the everything we mentioned is going to be the links in the description down below. Uh, with that, anything you want to last things you want to share to the audience? You're fabulous, and tell your girlfriend I say hi. Prettier <laughs> than you, but I still ship you guys. You're talking about, oh, my girlfriend? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen her? Yeah. <laughs> so pretty. She's very pretty. Hey, I'm grateful <laughs> for her and in great every way job. possible. You, great job. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> well, well done. Uh, thank you. <laughs> oh, God. Thank you. Max, I hope if you're listening. I love you. (laughs) All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. Remember Black Lives Matter. And uh, yeah, 
do all the good stuff, be good to each other. And those of you who are listening, you know, have an amazing day, life, week, month, do something for yourself. Love yourself. Take a deep breath for yourself. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I appreciate you guys for listening. I love you guys. And we'll see you guys on the next episode of Throwing Tantrums. Okay. Peace.